Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us, a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein, and today is a special episode of the podcast. I'm taking a week off. We have 17 family members at our house here in Teton Valley, Idaho, for a family reunion, so too much going on to record an episode. But I wanted to share an interview that Brian Bain did with me. He has the podcast Investor in the family. He was doing a special series uh, of Father Day's interviews, and we talked about not investing in financial markets, but investing in our families. But as part of that, I covered something that I often get asked from listeners, particularly young listeners, as I talk about career, career transitioning, balancing work and family. And we, we cover those things. We talk about sort of the hectic childbearing years talk about now that my kids are getting to be adults, some of those transitions, and just have a really nice laid-back discussion. So I hope you enjoy the interview, the show. I'll return next week with episode 115. Well, hey, David, welcome to the show. It's good to be here again. Absolutely. Well, we had a blast with you on the show last time and looking forward to today as well. And I love, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, focusing more on investing in our families and and not so much in the financial markets. And I'd love, as we do that, if you don't mind just briefly introducing yourself in terms of um, kind of what your, your background in the investing world, but also a little bit about your family as well and kind of what you're up to these days. Sure. Well, my, my background professionally, I was a, an investment advisor institutional money manager. So I spent 12 years with a, a firm. We had about $35 billion in assets, and I was our firm's chief investment strategist, chief portfolio strategist. And, and when I got to be 46, I, I left and, and left that. And partially, and maybe we'll get into this later, was because of my family and wanting to spend even more time with them so we could travel together. And my youngest was was just getting into her teens. And, and, and it's been so, so I left that. And in terms of my family now, a lot of them, are, they're, they're, they're growing up. So at this point, my oldest son is 24, and he's a full-time university student at BYU. And then I have another son that is studying audio engineering, and he has just turned 21. And then our youngest just started, you know, she's in her second semester of college, and just moved away, so she's 18. So my, my spouse, LaPrille, and I, we are brand new empty nesters. We've been in empty nesters for all of a month. And so that, that's been a transition of itself. And, and the word that my wife and I use is, is surreal it, because we, you know, at the same time she left, my daughter left, we moved to our farm over in Teton Valley. So we're, we're now learning to live with each other. And we live each other. We live <laughs> fine with each other. But right. it's just if you have kids, you just know how – demanding and loud they are. I mean, kids just are. And, and now, so it's quiet here. Yeah, I bet. Well, tell me about the, the process, that decision. You said you, you were in a very successful position at a very successful firm. And I mean, from a financial and a job standpoint, I mean, that's where so many people would lo- love to be or love being. What was that decision and process like choosing to leave that well, the biggest hurdle was was the loyalty aspect. It we had I had been at this firm for twelve years. I joined when I was thirty. All my business partners we we were all kind of the same age when we joined. So we we had grown up together as adults as a, as had our kids. 
And and by then, I mean I spent most of those twelve years in in Idaho. So the first four or five, I I worked out of our home office in Cincinnati. But then I I moved out to Idaho and telecommuted. But I you know I was going back all the time. So my biggest hurdle was was just letting my partners down. Hmm. But it, it was a situation where we had had a successful buyout of our firm from our parent. From a monetary standpoint, I, I had kind of hit my my number in terms of my nest egg. And, and not that I could never have to work, but I, I could basically not have to worry so much and kind of pursue projects that I wanted to do on my own. And, and I, I, I had enough of a runway that I could figure something out. And, and I remember talking to a friend who's in HR and he says, you just, you know, when it's time and, and you're good. And, and I, and ultimately what helped me get over the loyalty factors, I realized that my, my payout from the <laughs> buying out my partnership basically was what they're paying me in terms of salary and bonus anyway. So it wasn't a big financial hit to the company, but more, and obviously they, there were some issues. I transitioned clients, took on a different role. But but you realize that you know, everyone is dispensable, so I mean, they're doing fine, and and it's been it's been good because I was able to spend. It's been four years now, and and that's a lot of quality time I was able to spend with my family as we traveled in in Asia and Europe, and and particularly the time I got to spend with my daughter as she was was home alone as the boys were off, kind of in school and other other projects. So that, that was good. So you mentioned one of the hardest things about leaving that job was that feeling of letting down your partners and your coworkers. Do you feel like, and, but a big reason you did that is, you know, you said you feel like you knew it was time and you wanted to be able to spend more time with family. Do you feel like maybe before you left that job, were you letting, do you, was there a part of you that felt like maybe you were letting family down because of the time you're spending at work or was that not an issue? Well, it, it was an issue. Is I traveled a lot. I mean, I I was whatever Teflon on Delta, whatever their highest thing diamond, I guess it is, and and so I was gone a lot. And one of the real eye openers to me is is I I joined Starwood Hotel Rewards Program back when it started in '99, and they and they tell you how many nights you stayed away, and, and I I had looked once, and it was it was over 400 nights over a period of six or seven years. And I realized, wow. I mean, that, that's like an entire year. Now wow. it was, it was interesting travel because I was never gone for weeks at a time. I would, I mean, I, I literally, I would fly across the country. Uh, I'd have a good dinner. I'd go to my meeting the next morning. It might last for 45 minutes and then I'd fly back. So most of the time I was on the plane, <laughs> but of course it was still, I mean, I wasn't there at night with our family and, and it was just, yeah, there was a lot of travel involved and I just, I wanted to be home. It was sort of to the point where I just wanted to be home. Now, since I did telecommute, and, and one reason I, I left to go to Idaho is because then I could have a home office and I could be home. And, and I cut out a, you know, essentially what, what I hated about working at an office, and, and I recognize most people just don't have this luxury, but, but I just I hated getting up in the morning when it was dark leaving my family, and then coming home at 6 o'clock when it was dark. I mean, that just drove me nuts. And so moving to Idaho and being able to telecommute and, and, and whatever, take a bike ride during the day and do some other stuff just and just be there with my family. And my commute was from my bedroom to, to my office right. was just a real 
was a real time saver and freed up a lot of quality time with family and, and other projects. Do you feel like that hurt your job performance at all? No, n- no, because by the time I had left, I was already a senior partner and I sat on our executive committee. And so, I mean, I was already, I knew it would be hard for somebody to start out that way. And, and we tried and we, we had hired people in the past where they started telecommuting and it, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But by the time I left, I'd already put six years in and I knew the culture and I was in the leadership team. And so, and I, I'd go back once a month, typically, and maybe every, maybe five to six weeks. So, I mean, I was there a lot and, and so it, it was fine. I mean, if there, if I had a career ladder to climb, it would have hurt. But there, there was, it was a pretty short ladder, <laughs> right? So, and, and that's kind of how it worked out. Oh, it's helpful because one of the things that that I wrestle with and I, is trying to balance out the values of career and family. And you know, there's there's the word work the phrase work life balance, which is probably a misnomer to begin with, um, because there's always a misbalance somewhere and trying to keep it all in check, but. You know, there's that that tension, and I think that some people face of because you can pursue further advancement in career, but in a lot of cases, that's going to mean obviously more time at the office, more time working, and therefore less time with family. And there's that tension of deciding, well, which one do I ultimately value more? You know, and I think most people don't think of it that way because you think, well, if I make more money, I can provide more for my family. But even that can almost be a little bit of an escape from the fact that maybe sometimes work is easier than family. And maybe sometimes work maybe even seem more fulfilling than family. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's going to be a broad question, but just your observations that you, how you've seen others with that tension and maybe how you've wrestled with some of that yourself. Well, I have. And when I, when I first started after getting my MBA, I worked a, a corporate job. So I worked for AT&T Capital. I spent a couple years as a credit analyst, and then I got into a more traditional finance role. And at that particular company, you know, when you, in finance, there's companies that tend to value finance, and there's companies that value accounting. And this, this was an accounting-centric company. This was NCR, AT&T. And I saw the hours that some of these accountants worked at the, along with the main parent. And I remember meeting a friend that that we, we went to the same church and, and he was in the accounting group and he was working 60, 70 hours a week and he was going and traveling and being gone for, for a week. And, it, and he mentioned how homesick he was for his wife and kids. And I, mm-hmm. and I thought, I just, I don't want to be in that position. And I, and that's when I realized in, in, with working for a big corporation that it involved because, because there you had to move from a, so you're always looking for the next position. Partly out of boredom, but that's part, partly how you got ahead. And I realized I just didn't want to play that game because it, it would be too high a cost to my family and to me personally. And that's when I decided to go into the investment field because, one, I realized, well, I could stay with one company and not get bored, bored because everything else was changing with the markets and the economy. And, and that's when I decided I'd get into the investment field because then I didn't have to keep either move my family all the time to a different position, which is what it often requires when you work for a Fortune 500 company. And so I, I've always – my decision is always put, put my family first and, and do everything I can to, to get in the position where I don't have to work weekends and can be home in the evening. And it's not always – with I travel, it wasn't always easy to do. But that, that was always – that's 
was first, and partly because I, I like my family, and I just even though it's it's hard having kids, and it can be pretty demanding. That's just what the priority was. No, and that's helpful because I think one of the yeah, I've got my I'm kind of on the other end, other end of the spectrum family wise. I've got a little one year old, and so it's really on the very young end of things, and. You know, there's plenty of joys, but obviously plenty of, of taking <laughs> as well and that demanding side of stuff. And I see, you know, peers, people in the same stage of life that I'm in. And I, I've never actually had this conversation with some of them, but it seems like some of them almost uh, are making the choice to be at work more because it's easier to be at work than it is to be at home with your family. And I, I mean, I've had that conversation with several friends and it's, it's way easier for me. Work is easy compared to being at home with little little kids because there's so much um, energy. I mean, all the dynamics go into that. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I mean, everyone listening. And so I think that it's helpful to hear you where you're placing your values because I see people making those decisions. And, and it grieves me because, I don't know, like the the successful career, and you and I said this before we, we started the the recording, is – no matter how successful you are with your career, if your family isn't in a good place or even a healthy place, it's really going to undermine all of that down the road. Well, it will. And I, and I when we had our, our first son, he it, it was such – I was in graduate school at the time. And then in the first six months were fine. And then, then I started my full-time job. And, and this, this child was just – I mean, it does. It sucks all your time. Oh, it's it's you're used to having you know, time to take a nap and to read a book, <laughs> and suddenly you have this this crying creature that, and even once they start walking, there is no free time. No, and until I mean, I did finally learn to read and walk and read at the same time. <laughs> I would love to watch walk. that. That's pretty impressive. And it, it, it so yeah, it but it. <laughs> There were some tough years because it is so demanding. And LaPrell was at home mm-hmm. and you know, she needed relief because it, it's boring being at home. I mean, yeah. <laughs> honestly, it can be really boring. And, and work, especially if you're in a, an engaging career, is much more exciting in, in some regards. But at the end, and LaPrell would say this, raising kids is hard. But it, at some point – and some people are blessed that they just – they just love to do it, right? I right. mean, it just, but for a lot of people, it's a struggle yes. the entire time. And, and you love your kids and, and you spend time with them, but it still probably isn't the most intellectually stimulating thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And so going to work can be somewhat a relief. And I admit traveling, right, which was very hard on my family and not as hard on me. And I, cause I remember when I first started at the investment firm and, and, you know, the senior partners would talk about oh, how hard traveling is and, and, you know, what a grind and, you know, and I'm traveling, oh, this is so much fun and easy. You know, I'm in the window looking out and the window seat all the time. And get, you know, I get to eat out and people are paying for it. It's like, what exactly, what, what's so hard about this? This is easy. Right. And it never got hard. Now, I, now when I travel, I could realize that, you know, there's some challenges because we're so connected and I did an episode of this on my podcast that you know, having that space where you don't have any internet if you don't want to pay the fifteen bucks to, to get it, you know, that can I get a little bored on flights now. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't get as bored as I mainly because I knew I had to do it. And but there were times when I traveled, I hated to fly out on Sunday night 
And because that was the worst, right? Because you interrupt your weekend, right. you're at the airport, and and I just remember if I can't control my s- schedule enough that I that I have to fly out on a Sunday, then and I'm just a loser. And so I did everything <laughs> not to travel on weekends, because just because it's just like I did. And that's another reason I quit, right? It's like I want, I wanted ultimate control of of my time. And even though I was telecommuting and I I could pretty much control my schedule, and and the pro and I had these discussions when I talked about leaving. Say, well, what what do I want? I I, I'm making a lot of money. I have complete freedom with my work to do what I want because I was a senior partner and I was running a portfolio and I, I could write about what I want. I, mean, I wasn't doing that much different than I was doing that I do now. And I, I was just sort of, well, what, what was it that was missing? And what was missing was feeling like I had a job and had at least be next to the phone in case a client called or a partner called. And, and I just wanted that tied. I wanted ultimate freedom, which is somewhat – Selfish, I guess, because a lot of people don't just don't get that. Right. But I just wanted to structure life that I could do that and and just live it on my own terms. Well, one of the things with that 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 I think is is helpful to, to think about is it goes back to what started the question as far as you know what are you really chasing after? You know, there's because a lot of times if if we're willing to choose a little less from a career standpoint or even from a financial standpoint. That can allow for that more of that family time and that I say that longer term investment because that that investment in that little one year old or three year old or even twenty four year old you know that's something that may seem so slow and you keep waiting for the return on your investment and you're like when's this going to happen but it's it's I like to think of kids as the ultimate long term investment and the I can't speak from the the adult child area. Um, or a phase of life, but I, but I know that that's, I mean, I've got enough friends who are in that place that I know that that's true. And I can't think of, I, I don't know anyone who thinks, man, I wish I, man, I just spent too much time with my kids when they were young. I don't know any human being who has ever said that. Um, but yeah, so just, well, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and because of the quality time I spent, you know, now when I visit them in prison, right, it's, it's been, you know, we yeah. have a pond, <laughs> right? Just joking. They, yeah, they, right. They've, it's been fun to, and not LaPro and I were actually talking about this in terms of you know our view with kids because and we especially because our ours we finally identified we put a label on our child <laughs> our oldest one because it was just he was a, what's known as a strong-willed child and some kids just you know they don't like change and and they explode and they just are strong-willed and, and you have some like that and you have some that that aren't then in parents that just have one that just are not strong willed and it's just, just angels. You know, sometimes you pat your belt self on the back and think, well, you know, I'm, I'm such a great parent when you realize that parenting kids, you know, part of it's genetics and personality, part it's the environment you create. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've always tried to create a good environment for our kids and, and, and things like that. But you realize a lot of what children, it's what they bring to the table in terms of their personality and, and, you know their spirit or whatever and and that that's an important component but uh, yeah uh, now that they're old we, we you know we're grateful for the time I and mean, i i you know though, though i traveled a lot i made a point of taking each of them individually on a trip once a year we use frequent flyer miles so usually went off to somewhere in the u.s and then when they got to be a little older we'd we'd go overseas and just spend 
you know, a few days or a week or more if it was further away. Just it's it's just fun to spend one on one time with kids because it's a different dynamic when they're in a group, but when they're one on one, and so it's just putting in that time and just just listening to them and being a friend. And, and I don't want to sit here and get parenting advice because everybody's got to figure it out for themselves because sure. the kids are just. Each of them is so unique, and, and I tell my kids that you know when they're afraid to have kids because they don't like to babysit. So it's it's much different when they're your own. Oh, totally. Just because it's like a puzzle to figure them out, honestly. Yeah. Well, tell me. You just made a comment trying to be their friend. I would love to hear. And you mentioned you know it's different for every parent, but I'd love to hear what that looks like for you and how you've how that's developed with your kids and, and any thoughts you might share in that regard? Well, I look at the relationship I had with my father, who was, was an alcoholic. My parents got divorced, and he struggled his whole life in, just in terms of employment. And, and he just was not, he was not very open. We, we, just, we didn't have conversations about anything personal, right? We could talk about politics, but... I mean, there was kind of a wall, and and I just didn't want to have that with my kids. I wanted to just be there for them, and the way that we did that is just spend time with them and listen to them and talk to them. And and kids have different personalities. We've seen that. I mean, some of our children, you know, they're they're more verbal, and so they they like to work through their feelings, talking about things, which is way easier than if you have a child, and we, and we have one that. That tends to is more like me internalize it right they don't want to talk about everything as they work through things, but just sort of starting very young and listening to them and just conversing with them but, but part of it was a, just a desire to have a relationship with my kids that I didn't have with with my father and, and I did so i did i mean didn't necessarily have, i mean I had role models of, of neighbors or or people. At church to see kind of or other families how they interact, and that's kind of what I use. But part of it was just, just I I want to not have a wall between me and my children. So when it comes to trying to build that relationship with your kids, uh, imagine a tension that a lot of parents face is okay. So I want to be a friend type figure and have an open relationship with my kid, but I'm also the parent authority. How did you how did you balance that, and what did it look like to kind of create a safe place for your kids? Well, we we had we had rules, but I mean, part of it, I'm just not terribly autocratic. Period. So, I mean, we had standards. We tried to teach by example. But for example, right, and I, our, our one son went to a, fra- a phase where he just wanted to grow his hair out long. Right? I didn't think it looked very good, but I mean, I just <laughs> like whatever, right? Because I had long hair growing up too, and and I look back saying that does did look stupid. But instead of saying, you got to get your hair cut, right, because that's what we do in our family, you just sort of allow them the freedom to grow. But you still – and we had – we always had curfews. And if they want an exception, we give an exception. But you just kind of had standards that they knew. But at the same time, you just aren't – I just wasn't so autocratic that this is the way it has to be. And because for whatever, right? Because most things, I don't know what the best way is. And so we kind of figure it out together within, within reason. I mean, there were certainly standards and, and you, you just kind of learn. I mean, you learn what works for him and from a personality. I mean, I remember our oldest 
child. Because I, I grew up, you had to discipline your kids. Well, you spank them. I am. Sure. I, I went to a Catholic school. I knew what a, I knew what a paddle was from. Not that I got it, but I mean, I I certainly feared it. And uh, my mom had a paddle, and so I knew what it was to be paddled. And and I remember our our one son did. I don't know what he was doing, but he was probably three. Might have been two and a half. It's like, well, I'm just gonna give him a swat. Well, I did, and he hit me back hard, and, I, and so I hit him again. And he hit me back, and I think. This isn't going to work. We got to come up with a plan, <laughs> and so that's where we 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 came up with more timeout and sure. other other situations. I won't go into the details, but uh, so you, you figure it out. Yeah. Well, um, when if I have a very open ended question, I just ask, and you've answered this to a degree. If I just ask you, what does it look like for you to invest in your family? Um, what kind of things come to mind beyond what you've already shared? And I'd, I'd love to hear some advice and thoughts from you in that regard. Well, I think certainly I've mentioned time, mm-hmm. but I, I also think having and taking an interest in the things your kids are interested in. And I remember when my, when my one son was really into this card game called Magic mm-hmm. and and so I, I bought a tag. I mean, it might have even been Pokemon. I don't remember. No, it was, it was Magic because we did the Pokemon phase too. And, and I just hated it. I mean, I just – I bet <laughs> I, mean, I would play it, right? I'd play the game and, and, and I'd, I just try to, to show interest. And, and I admit, I mean, there's, there's times that my mind was wondering because he, he would go on for a long time and share – Share about the things about this game, but I so I think it's it's time, but it's also time spent doing the things your kids are interested in, and exploring, and things of that sort. And that that's a big so not you know push my interest on them. You know, none of our kids like sports, right? I mean, I grew up loving baseball and football, and and I I just wasn't out there insisting that my kids play baseball. Because or, or anything like that, I let we let them kind of find their path, and then we showed interest in it. Hmm. Now, there's different philosophies of parenting. I mean, that some parents their, their approach, and I, I can't say this is wrong, is to show the structure. Right? I mean, they enforce them to take the piano lessons or whatever. And that just hasn't been our style. Our style is to let them figure it out, expose them to different things and aspects in terms of travel, and then let them choose. I want to shift gears briefly here toward the end and actually focus back on your wife a little bit because you talked about how you know she was at home while you're working and then in addition to that you were traveling a lot and we talked about how you know being at home all day with the kids it's it's there are a lot of things about that that can make it really really difficult what 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 did supporting your wife look like during that period of life <laughs> let her go out at night for one thing <laughs> yeah that's great yeah and, and you know, her Laprille, while she hasn't worked formally, she she's always had an interest in houses. So we bought houses that she remodeled and and different projects like that. So just kind of supporting her in in her interest it was a big thing. Certainly giving her time and staying home while she went out and hung out with her friends, letting her travel alone to go you know visit friends and 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 me stay to, you know take a few days vacation and and stay home with the kids and it you know it comes back to time i think it's time and it's it's attitude and and just being sensitive to staying at home can be 
can be a challenge. And so just giving an outlet and, and it, and it was sort of, you know, kind of how we had decided when we got married that she, she said she had wanted to be home and always dreamed of, of being a mother and being home. And then when it, when it happened, we sort of realized, well, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're not natural parents. So, so we just had to work within kind of those, those challenges. No, that's really helpful. I think that's the side of it that um, my wife and I have been learning a lot as well for a lot of those similar reasons. Uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, I, is there any other anything lingering on your mind that you'd love to share with our audience as far as encouragement with being a, a father or a husband that you haven't shared already? Well, what's interesting now in, in the phase they're in, because, because they're still, you know, even though they're Two of them in, in their twenties, the second in their late teens. You realize that it, it doesn't end, right? They still they're seeking guidance as they as they navigate the the world. And and you know one of the reasons that I left my job and then started podcasting and getting involved in in online business is because I wanted to learn those skills that I thought would be important to teach my kids as they became. Adult, because personal branding is just so much more important now. So knowing how to launch a blog or, or some of those things are, are just helpful skill sets to have. And so that was another reason I left, not only to spend time, but just kind of to figure out and how, how this whole thing works as the economy evolves to where it is today. And just realize that it's just being you know, a parent is, is going to be a lifelong, lifelong thing. Well, David, thanks so much for coming on the show today, hearing your, your thoughts and perspectives and reflections on being a parent, father, and then also a husband. It's, it's been really great, and I've enjoyed, or I've benefited a lot from it, and I know our audience will as well, so thanks so much for coming on the show today. It was fun. Thanks for having me, Brian. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. You can get more information on Brian's podcast or download his podcast at iTunes. It's Investor in the Family podcast or more information and show notes from Brian's other episodes at InvestorInTheFamily.com. You can get all the show notes and links from Money for the Rest of Us at MoneyForTheRestOfUs.net, or you can have those sent to you free weekly via email along with a summary article and other valuable content by signing up for my insider's guide at MoneyForTheRestOfUs.net or text the word INSIDER to the number 44222. If you'd like some investment help with your investing, you can get that by becoming a premium member of the Money for the Rest of Us Hub. That's at moneyfortherestofushub.com. There I am doing a f- premium podcast weekly where I answer member questions. I also provide asset allocation tools. What can you earn investing over the next 10 years? What are some model allocations as well as some model portfolios with some specific ETFs? There's also video lessons, audio lessons, and ultimately, these are tools to help you meet your retirement goals and to do so without all the angst and emotion. So you can get more information for that at moneyfortherestofushub.com. Everything shared in this week's episode was for general education only. And it did not consider your specific risk profile or provide any type of investment advice. Simply a general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week.